Hey, Radio Free Oz is in your ears. Hey, Oz and ears, here we are, past the halfway mark of July 2011. This is for the week of July 18, 2011. I'm your co-host, Peter Bergman, the other end of that, David Osmond, up in Whidbey Island in Blue U Studios, Dave Maloney's fabulous all-funky hobbit hobbit hole. How are you doing up there, David? Well, it's a wet one today, Pete. Um, no, really? Yeah, it's pouring rain this morning, but you no. know, but it's not a thunderstorm, and it, I don't expect any tornadoes or hurricanes or, you know, the kind of... 116 degree heat so it's just a wet day in the pacific northwest it's a little this has been a very um as as any of our regular listeners will know this has been a uh, a long winter a long spring no summer kind of year but that's just the that, way it is it's better than means, other places in the country that means like last year bad blackberries that we had the worst blackberry season of course i have, was only up there for a year, but the year before, when I visited, the blackberries were luscious, and last year they were little dried up pygmy things. Oh, yeah. A dozen years ago, my mom used to go out in our blackberry patch, the next door uh, property, and, uh, you know, I mean, pick hundreds of them. We made a lot of blackberry jam and all of that, but no, yeah. very slow. Very, very slow. Well, needs lots of sun. Well, D David, uh, you catch me here in the first day, or actually the first 12 hours of. Carmageddon. Yes, just to show you how, how hot things are in L.A., everybody ho-hum in the country knows about ho-hum Carmageddon. You know, big deal. Big fucking deal. Well, it, Stay at home, it is, you know? It is, it is a big deal because actually they shut down that part of the 405, which is not only one of the most traveled freeways in America, but the, the intersection of the 10 and the 405 is the busiest intersection in the country, Okay. So, yes, they've done a really good job of promoting stay off the road. And I've been watching the live cam and the 405 above it and below it is pretty much empty. And there's no talk of, you know, end of the world. But everybody was, I guess, you know, it's like the Olympics. If you tell people long enough and make, it a, make the event a celebrity they will pay attention. That's exactly yeah. what that's that's why I'm laughing at it because it was made into such a celebrity deal, uh, Carmageddon and all that. Everybody knows you can't get down the 405 in the best of circumstances. And but also remember, LA is a grid. If you want to get to the airport, there are lots of streets that go north, south, east, and west in Los there, Angeles. Unlike yeah. on unlike a lot of other places where you can't go in a straight line. Boston, for example, would be a good one. Yeah, and, and you know, if you want to get to the airport in Seattle and there's a problem on the five, yeah. good luck. Yeah, we talked you about know? that. We talked about that at the coffee shop this morning because one of the one of the guys was going to the airport today, and we we allowed his house. There was only one way to get there because you can't get around to get into the airport down there. Which which is Bergman's definition of a hick town, where there's only one way in and out. Yeah. Now it's true from Seattle, you can go east into the breadbasket, but if you want to go north or south, you know, sunny, there's only one choice. Well, okay, so... Well, that kind of descri that, that, that describes the, the, the whole political situation, Pete. I mean, yes, you, got it, a, you got it in a mouthful right there. It's a hick town. Only oh, one way in and only one way out. So yesterday, I'm at my favorite coffee house, which, by the way, much as I love uh, Whidbey Island Coffee, cuts it by about 500%. It's so good, so good. Also, I shopped yesterday at this wonderful Japanese market emporium. And, you know, it's 
it, it, there I am going down the aisle, right? And there's a sale on natto. Natto is fermented soybean. And it's something I, when I, when I was staying at the Roshi's, you know, at the Zendo, uh, we'd have it for breakfast and I developed a taste for it. But it's completely Japanese. And even amongst the Japanese, it's kind of farmer's food. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very special. So I go running over. There's a special on natto. And there's a, a Japanese gentleman and his wife. And we're both equally excited. And they're looking at this one guy. You know, in rapture over 99 cent natto. And then we started talking and he told me that there was a big, a, a big sale on um, ocean eel, you know, because I, I like, uh, I like unagi and I go there. Yeah, 699 instead of 1599. And when I brought my, all my stuff to check out. They started to laugh. The, the Japanese lady started looked at this stuff and it was all kind of. Outre, uh, you know, Japanese food. Not all of it, but there was a lot of stuff there that, you know, definitely old school. So she had a big laugh, and it was really nice. Yeah, anyway, yeah. The, so, the line is always, you want natto? Oh, no, no, no. You don't <laughs> no, want natto. You, this, I said, is this unagi? She said, no, this is unaki. This is saltwater eel. That's why it's cheaper than unagi, which is freshwater eel, which is about four times as expensive. So I'm going to try it out. Anyway, I'm sitting in my uh, uh, favorite coffee house, okay? And Obama's a press conference come on the big screen, but they don't, they don't run the sound because it would bother everybody. So you got the Chiron running under, whatever you call it. You know, the, there's his speech, right? And, he, and I'm watching it, and all of a sudden, by some mistake, this is like KBC, the Chiron is interrupted, and then talk about Carmageddon. So, it, in other words, somehow, some sort of local feed or prepared local feed would flash in and out of him talking, talking about Carmageddon. He actually said, you know, if we don't if we don't solve this death crisis, we're headed for Armageddon. All of a sudden we'd say, and Carmageddon warnings continue. I thought, ah, this is once <laughs> in a lifetime. I don't I, I don't have time to tell anybody about it. I'll miss it. So yeah, that was it, you know, really, it is. I'm sitting there thinking, LA is probably doing a better job avoiding a huge gridlock than the than the Senate is and the Congress and all those wing nuts that want to take us over the brink, Dave. It's well, Are you scared? And, and they all? and they may and and they they may very well do it. I mean, yeah, I'm, it's scary. I yeah. really am. I am scared because if they do, it's going to be truly disastrous. You can't. It's not like staying off the 405. You know what I mean? You can't stay off the you know the U.S. bonds. Oh, uh, you know. Well, okay. You don't have you don't have to pay me. I'll just take a pause. Oh my. God, I tell you. Well, there's and, there's nothing there's nothing that will stop these people, and uh, uh, there is such a basic disagreement in political philosophy that we might as well be back in the days of communism, and and and, and American freedom. I mean, it is as divergent as that. Um, you know, it, it really is. You know, I, what, there was a there's a pundit named John Avlon, A V L O N, who writes for uh, I guess uh, the Daily Beast and for Vanity Fair, and he made an interesting well, you know observation. He said that the the approach of GOP, Mitch Mitch McConnell, who said is Leninist. He said these are the Lenins because the, there's a great Lenin quote, which is the worse things get, the better it is for us. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's just what Connell said a year ago. We'll do anything to bring this man down, anything, and they're willing to do it, man. They're willing to take us into def- 
fault. And and it, let me tell you, can well, I give you it a isn't it isn't just it isn't just it into default, whatever that means. Uh, and yeah. and you know that really is of only interest to the bankers that we're now supporting uh, as as a part of our uh, government you know duties to the to to the nation um it is that that has nothing to do with the fact that if you hire people they will be working and if you give yeah. if you give people money to hire people then people will be working it, i i can't i can't make it any simpler than that and it doesn't get any more complicated than that so why would you want to shrink government when people are working why yeah, go ahead. Tell me. <laughs> if, 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 it, if, if, if this wasn't crazy, David, if this was an issue where there was a lot of gray, you know, we might be talking about foreign trade or this or that. But this is a situation where a small group of extremely wealthy people, the Kochs, etc., who are so set on not paying any more taxes – realize that by pushing this idea of no taxes and cut government is the only way to protect them from paying their reasonable share. This is totally personal. This is self-interest against, uh, you know, against the Commonwealth. This is a kind of national treason is what it is. I use it in a metaphoric sense. That's, That's who's good, driving the Tea Party. Yeah. That's a good metaphor. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is treasonous. Well, yeah. It is treasonous. It, and where's, but where's treason. the revolution, Pete? There were, well, David, unfortunately, we're, we're, we still are suffering from a flat screen consciousness. It's not the same watching the talking heads scream about the problems on a flat screen as listening to the Lincoln-Douglas debates in the sweltering heat in the field. You know, it's different. It's too cool. It's too electronic. Uh, it's Wikipedian. And the fact that anybody on TV, no matter how crazy... Are, are given equal credence because they're in the celebrity world. You know, there you are on my screen on Skype. You're a celebrity, whatever you have to say. I, he couldn't have gotten there if he didn't have something to say, you know. It's not like panning a crowd of screaming idiots, although it really, they're, all they're doing is confining them in a studio. So when is it going to come? I, David, you got me. I thought people would be in the streets long before this. Long uh, Unemployment amongst the youth, 16 to 24, something like that, is almost 30%, David. Almost the, 30%. The time, That's insane. The, the, the 10 jobs, the 10 kinds of work, hospitals, service, so forth, that are the most growing, uh, you know, the growing part of the economic sector, all but three of them are the lowest pay, low, low pay job, low pay job. <laughs> Uh, uh, You know, and jobs for which you do not need a college degree. Right. So, David. Yeah, go ahead. If you you threaten default, it raises the price of gold to $1,600 an ounce. And who do you think is into gold? The (laughs) middle class? The poor? No, the people who can afford to speculate. We are being ruined by speculators. First, it's Wall Street speculators who are still busy at work doing that. Right. I mean, these people are leveraging us into Armageddon. It's it's true. 
with it. Most of the work being on, done on Wall Street is arbitrage. The little bit of difference between this and that, which doesn't buy you bubkas unless you leverage it so highly that every buck you put in is worth 40 bucks. You know what I'm saying? And that puts us at risk. And that's one of the things that brought the market down in 2008 is that everybody was completely overextended and they're back at it as we speak and we're supporting them. It's just insane. Absolutely insane. L- let me give you a, a further on this, Dave, which sure. is we're in a, we're in a real serious uh, situation vis-a-vis the ability of states and municipalities to raise money and pay for the bonds they have out there. Okay, mm-hmm. This is from a woman named Meredith Whitney, who is a... Um, a nabob of Wall Street, okay? She says that that there could be as many as 100 municipalities that end up being unable to pay back their debt. This is if, if, if the default things gets any more serious, causing hundreds of billions of dollars of losses for investors. So far, that prediction hasn't really played out, but we're close. Moody said that a debt downgrade would trigger an automatic downgrade of 7,000 highly rated municipal bonds that are directly tied to the U.S. credit rating. 7,000 municipal bonds. And you know who's going to make money off of it? The Wall Street assholes who are shorting those bonds. Anybody in your family shorting munis? No. (laughs) Jeez, I haven't met a muni shorter for a long time, Pete. Yeah, they're, they're they're not good to look at, okay? So you got the, and you've, then you've got these buzz holes in Congress, the, the, the young freshman class and all of these, these ayatollahs, because it is religious, David. They don't know they're being used. You know, the Pope is using them. The Coke, not the Pope. The Coke, all right? And there's the Coke and the anti-Coke, because they're brothers, all right? <laughs> you try to look at one, you got the other. They don't realize they're being, you know, used, uh, uh, you know, with this religion. But now they want to cut, cap, and balance. You been reading about that? Yep. Cut, yep. Cut, yeah. cut, cut, cap, and balance. Yeah, cut all, you know, make it impossible for people to work and cap it at that and then make a balanced budget amendment, which means we can't spend anything in order to deal with the normal economic cycle. Well, this is this is what uh, uh, Grover Norquist has been asking for for a dozen years, which is to make the government small enough so you can drag it in the bathroom and and dump it in the toilet. Uh, You're right. Uh, uh, although I think he said the tub, but I mean, we really mean the toilet here. Yeah, yeah. to to uh, to um, decrease the amount of money in circulation sufficiently so that everybody is a um, what do they call it? Chattel, right? Yeah. If who who's, who credit who uh, you know is advantaged by lowering, in other words, by deflation, it's the people that are in cash right now. The corporations that are sitting on a trillion and a half dollars worth of cash, we literally gave them, and they won't invest in jobs. And all the wealthy who are sitting on it. So the more they can depress the economy and and value the dollar. Dollar's not losing any value, David. It's getting really hard. You know what I mean? So I, I wrote, it, this whole thing inspired me. This Leninism inspired me to a limerick double. This is a couple <laughs> of limericks. Okay. <clears throat> All right, ready for this? Hold on. <clears throat> I'm, I'm preparing myself here. All right, ready? <clears throat> the GOP's hurting, alas, because the country is taking a pass on the meaningless banter of Boehner and Cantor and the jerks in their new freshman class. The GOP strategy is clear. As the debt ceiling deadline draws near, the bonds will default them, 
because they think it'll vault them into taking the Congress next year. And that's just where they're at, man. Well, that's, that's it. Exactly. That, that's it. In, uh, in uh, a few lines, you've got the whole last week's uh, New York Times editorial page yeah. pretty, much, pretty much taken care you, of there. You, you bet it, man. Talk about essentiating. Okay. Well, you know, the, the the new thing that did come up on this uh, this this week was pretty much this um, uh, balanced budget amendment idea, like uh, and and uh, the the proof of passing such an amendment was the eighteen year old vote, which went which got passed in what eleven months it took to uh, be ratified. Um, how long do you think it will take a balanced budget to be ratified, if, even if it gets through Congress, which I doubt. Which it won't, and Boehner and those people know it won't, but they say, well, this is symbolic. This will allow them, the people who vote for it, who then will have to begrudgingly agree to some sort of raising of the debt limit, if they do, because I'm scared that they may just go down. This is like, this gives them a kind of uh, symbolic way out. You know what it's like? You're on the Titanic, (laughs) and the the captain saying, we got to go to the lifeboats. And the people say, no, first we have to take a vote on the amendment that no ships can sink, that it is against the law for ships to sink. Yep. And it may take us a year to pass this, and then we'll be all right. Yeah, they're, you know, they're spending a valuable week next week, right, doing symbolic legislation rather than dealing with all of this. I, I just, and, I just and, don't know. And where is our president in all of this? I heard just enough of his Saturday morning speech to turn it right off the same I don't know. Same political pablum. No anger. This man is incapable of anger, apparently. It's but certainly David, public and, anger. And it's time yeah, to be angry. I, I don't agree. Okay, and I'll tell you why. Because there's so much anger and there's so much finger pointing. The minute he joins it, he becomes partisan. And that's what we don't need at this moment. He is, look, I'm not saying he did this on purpose. But somebody must have said to him at some point, these these Republican guys are completely nuts. These a holes really intend to go to the go to the brink. So let's just let them take care of themselves. There's nothing we can do about. This. There's nothing we can say to change their mind. Right? He's called them childish. He said that they're that they're play, that they're they're threatening the nation, and that if they do this, we're going to have to stop Social Security and Medic, Medicaid and Medicare, and it hasn't affected them at all. Okay, there's nothing he can say, nothing he can do except to try and appear to be uh, patient and stable. I'll tell you what he's going to do, Dave. If these people refuse to raise the debt ceiling, he's going to do it via the 14th Amendment and say, you don't like it. Meet me in court while the nation remains solvent. That's what he's going to do because he's not going to let this thing happen. He can't, you know. Well, he's, it's his job not to, for one thing. It, it is his job not to, and he's aware of that, right? And he, he's tried so hard to get these people to see, you know, he still believes, at being a student of American history, that th- it's impossible that, that, that these people wouldn't take the greater good interests of the country at heart. He can't believe it. Do you know that? Uh, maybe he's naive, all right? But I think deep in his heart, he can't believe it, and it's become, it's become real. There it is. He's facing it. And I don't know what he can do, Dave. He's only the president. You know, he can't fire the Congress, right? He can't force them to vote one way or the other. And Jim DeMint, the Ayatollah from from South Carolina, said he will filibuster any attempt to pass a debt ceiling raise in the Senate. 
And he can bloody well do it, man. You need 60 votes to shut that guy up. Oh, you need one. All you need is one vote to stop everything. And well, there's, if, there's if something basically wrong. No, you know, you know, there's, yeah. changing the Senate rules, starting yeah. with changing the Senate rules in this so-called democracy run by rich people would yep. be a good way to start so that if, if a majority of, of jerks vote, great, that's a majority. But not one guy, not one uh, 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 Ron Paul, not one of guys who oh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm sitting on this. Well, it's Johnson. Well, it's push that guy you Johnson from Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, how can people allow that to happen? I mean, I, I, there's, there's 99 other guys in the Senate, for one thing. Yeah. So 99 yeah. guys versus one guy, they vote him out, okay? I mean, it seems to me to be, this would happen if you were in junior high, which is where all these people come from. If you were in and junior high, your student, body, your student body cabinet couldn't operate this way. No, but you see, this is, this is a secret society, David. This, this is a, a society that says we can set our own special rules. Now, once every two years, they have the opportunity to change it by law without even requiring a supermajority. And that's the first day when they meet because there's a whole thing about you can change the rules by majority on that first day. And we had the opportunity to do that in the Senate when it came back after the midterm elections and, and the Democrats still controlled it, and everybody thought they were going to do it, and Biden didn't do it. They, they, there was much, some reason he didn't pull himself together to do it, so here we are. What a mess, huh? And, and think about the rest of the world looking at us. Uh, China stood up and said, hey, guys, don't do this. We're your largest offshore creditor. We own more of this stinking paper than anybody outside the United States. And you want to default on it. Come on. Yeah, well, once you get past the economic stuff and get into world affairs and and, uh, the the utter nonsense of uh, these continuing wars and the huge amount of money that's being spent, which, by the way, nobody nobody blames. Where's the blame here? The blame is not on, on this president. The entire situation was caused by the last president. By his, know, by, he, by his, by his, by his, his unseemly revenge uh, 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 against Iraq, which has killed three, four thousand guy, men and women. Illegal. illegal, illegal, totally, totally. Where's he? Where? Why is criminal? Absolutely, war criminal. No question about it. Well, this war criminal is building his library in, of course, Dallas, Texas. Well, there are people in Europe that are saying, you know, uh, arrest him as a war criminal. He ain't traveling to Europe. He's joining, uh, you know, war crimes airlines. He'll be there with Pinochet uh, <laughs> and, 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 and Henry Kissinger, you know. Uh, well, you know, the countries you can fly to, the scenes aren't very arresting, but neither are there police. So, <laughs> That's yeah, right. You know I mean? Being polled, American people do not blame Obama. He is not being blamed for the economic problems or the war. They still say George Bush did it, but it took him that long to figure it out. They didn't do anything about it when he died us into a war. Oh. Well, the other good, the other good news of the week <laughs> yeah. was the uh, the the collapse of uh, of uh, the the news of the world. The uh, oh the Murdoch oh. Empire uh, daily sinking was a wonderful thing to watch from here because it's all happening there, you know. And the lady with all the red hair, 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, she quit. She quit, and two more guys have quit from uh, the head, the guy that ran the whole thing for him, and then became head of the Dow Jones, yep. which Fox bought. He just quit. Plus, uh, there, there, there was one before them, and they're going after Murdoch. Look, Dave. Before we get back to Murdoch or Morlock or Mordor, you know, it all comes to me at the same time. Let us honor the level of denial into which the United States has sunk itself being pressed above like a great, great press by our Congress by playing Dana Lyons swimming into big, okay? My portfolio is high I'm going on vacation Anywhere I wanna I put it on my card I could use a little sun And to see some ancient ruins The pyramids are calling Off to Egypt I will fly I go swimming in the big Egyptian river Bathing in the waters Of the Nile the sun is shining down And everybody's happy Bathing in the waters Of the night My job is so secure And my government is stable The weather's getting better A little warmer every year Now we've got free trade And everyone will prosper The locals here are happy I think I'll have another beer Let's go swimming now We're swimming in the big Egyptian river Bathing in the waters Of the Nile Sun is shining down and everybody's happy Breathing in the waters of the Nile I thought I heard a bomb It must be a celebration If anything was wrong they tell me on TV Sometimes I am amazed How perfect things are going I think I'll do some shopping And take a little time for me Everybody's doing it We're swimming in the big Egyptian river stroke, breast stroke, side stroke, Bathing in the waters Of the Nile He's got it, he's got it all the sun is shining down, and everybody's happy. Happy, he's so happy, happy. Bathing in the water of the night. Oh yeah, everybody's doing it. We're swimming in the big Egyptian river. Breaststroke, side stroke, crawl. Bathing in the water of the night. He's got it. He's 
just got it all. The sun is shining down, and everybody's happy. Happy, he's so happy, happy. Bathing in the water, bathing of denial. We'll go bathing in the water, bathing in the waters of denial. I love Dana Lyons. He's he's just he's a wonderfully funny person. It's it's good to be able to play him, Dave. It really is. All right, back to Murdoch. I have to give you one quick Murdoch moment that I had. I was over at Fox Studios. This was probably six years ago, pitching something to a friend. I come out of 20th Century Fox. I'm walking towards uh, Pico Boulevard or in, in the parking lot, and this little Lexus drives by, and there's Murdoch at the wheel by himself. And I asked my friend, what's up? He said, oh, yeah, he doesn't have a chauffeur, and he, that was a lo- he bought that from a lot because it was a loner. He went and got the, <laughs> the best deal he could get, you know. So now he has to have a driver because everybody's taking pictures of him and pounding on his window and, you know. Yeah, and he's Mom. not looking good either, either. Not looking good. Those, uh, those uh, you know, the standard photos that they'd publish of Murdoch, you know, taken 1995, those not anymore. He looks really wretched. And, um, I, and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy, you know. And to a nicer guy's son. Yeah. And to a nicer and to a nicer guy's very highly paid, you know, chief executives of all his very brand, various branches. Looks like he can't buy the sky either. Looks like he just can't own more of more. Speaking uh, of, speaking know. of those Coke guys, you know, uh, they pretty much bought their way into uh, New York society by by uh, rebuilding the um, New York State Theater there in the in the in the yes. theater complex. And uh, the the company that used that theater more than any other, the uh, the uh, New York Opera Company, the the Civic yes. City Opera Company, uh, yes. w- withdrew. Now I don't know whether they withdrew entirely from their twenty shows there because <laughs> it said David A. Coke on the front of the theater. I certainly would. I wouldn't appear there. And now they're doing. I don't think now they're doing. Day. Now they're doing shows. No, they're doing shows at the uh, you know Comunidad del Barrio. You know now they're doing operas around the city, which is really cool. Instead of doing them all there in the same dreadful, dreadful architecture of that now, place. When, when they had the uh, the big honoring of the various people who put it together, including the Koch brothers, that's when Michelle um, Obama refused to appear. I mean, the first lady has always been at that at, at that gathering because the first lady is normally one of the patrons. Right. Okay? Right. She wouldn't appear on the same stage with the Koch brothers. Me there neither. I, I wouldn't appear on the same stage with them either. Would you, Pete? No. 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 And you, oh, but, but by the way, though, they did spend what is it, two point one million dollars to buy a photograph of one of their simulcrums, the 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 best picture of uh, Billy the Kid. Did you see that, that they bought this? I didn't see they did Billy that. The yes, I saw it was up for sale. It's the only known picture of Billy the Kid. Yeah. $2.1 million, Coke bought it because he just recognizes himself. Yeah, you know? yeah, creepy murderer bank robber. Yeah, so there yeah. he is. Oh, okay. creepy, creepy. All those bank robbers, all bank robbers are creepy. I know because I'm dealing with them. <laughs> they're all but they're not all murderous, okay? But they're all creepy and they're all losers. And they all get caught, by the way. 
It's just one of those crimes that, because it's addiction. Rob one, rob many is what they say. Okay, so Murdoch is in deep doo-doo, and it runs deeply into the UK. Now it's over here to the US, and it's heating up. It seems that he doesn't have enough money and enough power to throw a tarp on it. Isn't that interesting? I mean, yeah, there's, it not is. a, there's not a great counterspin. Well, it's, you, it, it started in, um, in England, you know, in, with a tragedy. And so yes. that got public uh, uh, interest immediately involved, and it, was, yes. it, it became an inexcusable act. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we, we have inexcusable acts committed by newspapers every day in this country. Nobody's catching up with them. But this may indeed uh, uh, shake up the Wall Street Journal um, mm-hmm. and, and the, you know. Dow Jones. Dow, uh, Dow Jones is also connected. He also owns Dow Jones, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes, that's why the Dow Jones guy had to quit. And also Fox Network. Okay. And, and, and all the others have, he owns, he owns, all sorts of things, Dave. And, and he may, I don't know if he's going to have to divest an elf, but I got a feeling this may kill him. You know, I mean, this just may take him down. It just may be too much because I, it, now that we find out he hacked the phones of the 11 victims. I mean, you couldn't, that's the yeah. worst. How do, you, how do you unspin that one? Yeah, you okay? can't unspin that. You know, it's the same thing, the- same thing that happened in, uh, in London with, uh, with the murdered girl. You cannot unspin yes. that one, and, and it gets taken up immediately by lots and lots of people. So if he hacked into 9-11s, New York, yes, New, New York is against him. <laughs> New York, as, as a unit, would be against Murdoch. The whole, the whole country. I mean, just stop buying the post. They, they could yep. easily and just back. stop buying the post. Yes, they might. They haven't done it yet, but they might. You know, Dave, in the midst of all this, I want to remind you that something we talked about briefly last week, which is America seems only to be interested in the scandal or the crisis du jour. Okay, now we're all worried about the debt ceiling for good reason, right? And we're all talking about. Uh, Murdoch, and we're going to get into Bachman's husband also. And yet, this time last year, everybody was talking about the oil spill. Remember the BP oil spill? Okay. Oh, gosh. Now yeah, it's, yeah. 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 Now, like, it's like, uh, you know, business as usual. Well, David and I put together a very funny piece called Slick Shrimp. It was uh, one of our first Oz on the Roads. And we're going to play it now just to remind you that there was there was other stuff happening that was seemed to be the most important thing in the world and now it's like totally slipped from the consciousness let's roll it okay i'm here on the shore of the gulf coast for radio free oz talking with charles dunder the latest member of obama's gang of five sent down here to solve the oil spill crisis uh, you've just arrived, haven't you, Charles? Yes, I replaced professor katz uh, you know the astrophysicist when it was revealed that he was a Virulent homophobe and a climate change denier. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So, but so, w- what do you add to the team? Then? Well, I run the Petro Nutritional Institute back at Solid State University. I'm down here investigating a sustainable solution to the, well, the massive loss of fish and shellfish that's going on right here at our feet as we speak. A uh, Petro Nutrition. I'm not familiar with that field. Oh, well, it's relatively new. You know, it didn't take off until we got the whole petrophilic nano-cloning process down. Excuse me? Well, sorry, uh, Mr. Oz. Simply put, given the right start of genes, 
chain-ganged polymers and robust steroids, we can create a host of creatures that not only survive in oil-saturated water, but, well, they really thrive on it. Oh, mm-hmm. is, uh, is that one of them, that thing you're holding in your hand? looks looks vaguely like a shrimp. Yes, yes, uh, exactly. We call it the slick shrimp, and, and yes, it does thrive in oil-polluted wetlands just like these. Uh, now, you throw a million slick shrimp scat. That's <laughs> the little fellas are called when they come out of the test tube. No bigger than a puppy seed. <laughs> and a month later, well, they're as big as, as buster hair, <laughs> ready to be flavored and sent off to market. You want to try one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's a little chewy. Oh, that's the, that's the polymer filling. How does it taste? Uh, tastes like pork. Yeah, yeah. Pork-flavored slick shrimp. One of my one of my favorites. It's uh, it's Pan Asian. You know. let, let let me have it back. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, now you see. Watch this. I I just dip it in the degreaser and watch as it springs back to life. It, it could rub a little of this on it. All right, here you are again. Now give it a try. Mmm. Now that tastes like jumbo bayou stampy, the real thing. Oh well, they're all the real thing. <laughs> well, <clears throat> and that should. Over real good with the green crowd. I mean, you can re-eat them up to a dozen times, we believe, before the steroid skeleton breaks down. And well, they just turn to mush. It's a reasonable short-term solution, Charles, but I, I can't wait for the real shrimp to return. Oh, 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 return? Well, Uncle Pete, that hole in the ocean floor is spewing some two hundred thousand gallons of oil a day. Oh, great. Grandchildren will be waiting for these little shrimp to return. Now, so, now let's get real. I've got this oil-happy catfish here. You only have to put a match to it, like this. Ooh! <laughs> See? He's sautéed and ready to serve. <laughs> this is Peter Bergman for Radio Free Oz in the Gulf, and I want to go home. <laughs> he can never go home. You know, Dave, uh, there's a report out by, um, it's an interdisciplinary group. I think it's called IPSO, the IPSO. I may have the, um, um, you know, anagram wrong, the acronym wrong, but it's an interdisciplinary international group studying the ocean, which they say is dying and it's a matter of human, human engineered self extinction. One of the things they did say is that the dead zone in the Gulf has increased remarkably. So let us not forget that the world's largest farm, the ocean, is dying as we speak, which makes everything else that we're going to talk about seem kind of petty and ironic. Ironic, but we got to anyway, Dave, because I'm just a guy, and, you know, we're as petty as it comes. Uh, that is ironic. Michelle, that is ironic. Michelle Bachman, right? We don't have Sarah Palin to kick around anymore. By the way, there's a story in the local newspaper here about a reporter who went to the opening of the Palin film, right? The, what is it called? The unafraid, the uneducated, the illiterate, the unconquered, something like that. And she, she wanted to be able to interview all the people that were going to be there, you know, to find out who they were and what they were. She was alone in the theater until two <laughs> other alone until two other women came in, briefly found out that it wasn't an action film and left. So she watched the entire film by herself. And she said that when she walked out, the usher said, didn't you want to sneak into Harry Potter? 
<laughs> That's the only reason they thought people were buying those tickets. Oh, God. Anyway, Michelle Bachman. Yeah. Two things have happened. One is that Michelle Bachman has had to quit her church. Her church in Minnesota, which is a, a very conservative Lutheran, uh, 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 an offshoot of, of the Lutheran confession. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they believe that the Pope is the Antichrist. That's part of their deal, okay? And when people figured that out and asked her, she said, oh, no, I'm sure that's not true, and I have many, some of my best friends are Catholic. (laughs) We Jews Jews are getting a pass, okay? Some of my best friends are Catholic. Well, she checked it out, and sure enough, that's part of the ritual is that the Pope is the Antichrist, so she quit, right? But she won't say why she quit, all right? And then we've got her husband, Marcus Bachman, who is the rage of the internet? You know, there's the, you know, Mar- Marcus Bachman will make a great first lady. The whole idea that this man is way gay. And uh, I don't want to spread rumor, but the fact is that most of my friends with fabulous gaydar said, absolutely, this guy, <laughs> this guy is, you know, is living in the closet. Anyway, they're on to it. And he runs this Christian clinic, okay? And he has been indulging in reparative, reparative, I guess, reparative therapy, where somebody comes in and says, I'm homosexual. They say, no problem. We'll pray it out of you. And we'll, we'll remind you that God made you so that you would be enticed by women's breasts. You've got to get interested in women's breasts amongst other parts of their anatomy. And it'll bring, it'll, it, it will like, what do you say, burn out. Golly, golly, is there a slideshow? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, I like this, breasts. Well, this guy, the, the, one of the, somebody came in undercover for an organization that likes to deal with this, and sure enough, he took videos of the of the work that they were uh, uh, doing on him. And Marcus Bachman denies it. Uh, can't deny the fact that he took one hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars, one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars from the federal government to do this. And now he's denying that he called homosexuals barbarians on a radio show. And now they are playing the tape. And he says it's been doctored. That's the best he can do. And the guy that blogged it said, not so. There it is, baby. He said, "I I was talking about children as barbarians. I wasn't talking about homosexuals. I mean, it's just spinning out of control, Daddy-O. Just Children as barbarians? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's run oh, that tape back. Yeah, because basically he was saying, let me see if I've got a quote on it here. Uh, I might. Uh, well, actually, he was talking about adolescent discipline in the same talk. And, you know, he's part of that. What's his Dobson. Dobson made his bones, the you know, he's the Antichrist. Hey, you want to find the Antichrist? Don't go any farther than James Dobson. He's the one that has the idea that uh, you discipline children with the stick, that you've got, you've basically got to beat kids up. And uh, very, very popular tape. Uh, you know, it's I think it played into the hands of the benzedrine stuffed alcoholic um, parents, particularly fathers, who had to find a reason to <laughs> the smallest thing around them. So, you know, oh, golly, these people, these people. So she, so she, she doesn't really have a chance. I mean, we're, we're there with Michelle. I mean, she doesn't, she can't cut it. She's not, she's not going to do it. I know she's raised a lot of money, though, as compared to 
the other well, the yes, other garden yes. gnomes. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, well, we find out that uh, uh, Newt Gingrich is in trouble because he raised so little money and he's in debt because he's flying around on private jets to bring the message. Uh, I don't know. Here's the thing that scares me, Dave, is that of the people in this country who could run for the presidency as a Republican, she's one of ten, basically, okay? So that's a lot better odds, you know, than just checking around the country. I, I, she could. Who knows? Yeah. Romney could have a heart attack, be found in bed with a, you know, with someone who's not in the Tea Party, or I don't know what could happen. But yeah, she could run. And remember, Palin could have been vice president right now if things had been a little different. Okay, that's a sketchy it's, thought. It is a sketchy thought, Michelle. <laughs> Bachman. Oh my! Oh my! Well, and she's a nutcase, by the way, too. I mean, not just her politics. She is a hysterical nutcase. So we'll see. It, it, it'll all come around. Is that it for this week, God? <laughs> I I, I, hey. ho- I hope so. It'll all come around. Yeah, it will all come around again. It's the middle of July. This is traditionally in American politics in an, uh, uh, the year before an election. This is a uh, not a very prime time. In, no, in, in America, and I, I think that's one of the reasons that we're looking at Carmageddon as a happening and, uh, you know, the, the various small televised events that are going on briefly, you know, have their brief moment. It's the July fireworks, you know, pop, fizz, and it's gone. And uh, it, it, the, the news cycles, of course, the all news stations are, are driven by uh, weather phenomenon and, and bad traffic and... Uh, uh, very little that's meaningful, but it keeps the local. It keeps people working. I'm not going to complain about anything that takes jobs away from people because I agree with everybody in Congress, every last man and woman in the Senate and the House. The problem here is jobs. Yeah, Goldman Sachs just came out today and said that. Um, the unemployment rate will remain around 9% all the way through 2012. And they think that's going to diselect Obama, but I don't think so. I think people are going to turn to him in this crisis. Anyway, can you take us out on a, a more ethereal note, Dave? I can. I can. I did a, did a, a Wang Wei poem last week called uh, right. My Mount Chungnan Cottage. And right across the way from that is, a, is another wonderful poem called Spring in the Garden, and it's sort of, I got this one because of the weather at the moment. Mm -hmm. Here we go. After a night of rain, I go out wearing clogs, wrapped in an old overcoat against the spring cold. Water pours white through the open dikes. Peach blossoms glow red beyond the willows. Fields of new grass spread away, edged and checkered. Poles rise from the wells at the wood's edge. I go back in to write at my small desk. Evening arrives. I'm alone, happy among green weeds. Boy, I'd like to be happy amongst green weeds too, Dave. I'd like things to simplify. It's true. I've been living on a kind of a slightly adrenalized state of of apprehension and fear. My anxiety is up. I want to go find, well, you know, I guess I could come back to Whidbey Island and just let the moss grow over me. Yeah, let me, let me tell you, the anxiety level here is just as high as it is in the big uh, uh, L.A. 
It is. It's true. And our weather has been pretty good, too. So thank you so much, Dave. And Dave Maloney, who's sitting behind the, is it an all-digital board, Dave? I guess so. Uh, he, he took his analog board and he, he donated it to Greenpeace. They're using it to start, what is it, Dave? They're, they're going to bring back the coral reef by putting all the analog electric equipment in it. Yeah, very good. And I just, think that's a wonderful idea. Just sink all those yeah. old boards, all those patch bays. Get those patch bays into the water. Fish love patch and bays, all, and all the and all the analog uh, old uh, you know amplifiers and receivers, anything that wasn't digital, and it'll be called the analog reef, right? Ah, yes, come come deep sea fishing, come scuba diving on the analog reef. I have to okay, tell you, I have Dave. to tell you one thing before you say goodbye. Is today was okay. opening day of the fishing season on Whidbey Island, and I guess in the general area. And so in spite of the rain, man, people were getting their boats in the water yesterday, and I I heard this morning that they were lined up offshore, boat after boat after boat, catching those uh, or hoping to catch those salmon that are coming by. Well, the, the Ipso report said that if the ocean is to survive, we have to thoroughly restrict fishing around the world. That's one of the things that has to be done. Impossible, right? And many other things that are equally important and equally impossible. Well, I want to thank you, David Oz. I'm okay, host. I'm Peter Burton. This is Radio Free Oz, Dave Maloney. This is the whole Oz group, Scott Wilde and Phil Fountain and Chaz Glass and Tom Gedwillow. Thank you all very much for making this happen. Continue to contribute to Oz. Hey, Get out of that free lunch line, baby. Keep us green. Keep us on the scene. Push the big green button and make it happen. See you all. Bye, Dave. Bye-bye.